Now, I'm going to tell you what it is, okay? It's a dumbass white movie about some dumbass white girls getting their white asses cut the fuck up, okay? Yeah, I suppose Sandra Bullock is Miss Ethnicity, right? Well, no, all I'm saying is that the horror genre is historical for excluding African-American elements. Well, look how you get your PhD in black cinema, sister soldier. everyone to afro horror happy june i'm so excited today for our episode on the invisible man 2020 i am joined by a really good friend and um occasional co-worker army hicks hello army army (laughs) (laughs) hey how you doing thank you so much for having me yeah no thank you for coming last minute um you know, we, all, we we shifted to the monthly episodes. And even though I know I have like three weeks to plan them, I literally this week, and we'll get into it, was such a difficult week to actually focus that by the time I like looked up from my phone, I went, oh, I don't have a co-host for this episode. And then you stepped up and volunteered. And it's wonderful because this is our first Black male host, co-host for... Um, Afro horror. We we've had guests, a black male um, guest before. Uh, we had Edwin Hodges who came to talk on uh, about the purge, um, and it's so serendipitous that we're talking about the Invisible Man. His brother is um, Aldous Hodge. Uh, oh my God, Aldrin, Aldwin Hodge. Aldous. Aldous Hodge. Excuse me. Um, yeah, my mind is not here. Aldous Hodge. Edwin Hodge from the purge. Aldous Hodge from the Invisible Man. They're brothers, and they're both really, really kind people. But as far as like a guest host, we have not had a black male yet be a guest host, so this is a really big deal for today. So, Army, please tell our listeners like just uh, about yourself. What do you do? Um, and I, I know you wear many, many hats. So please just take us through each of the hats. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, once again, you know it's an honor to be on here and be the first male black co-host that's that's amazing um but a little bit about me um i'm an actor i'm a writer director um been in la for several years now making things happen on shows like atlanta um you know writing my own projects including one with you circuit short film that we wrote that's will be releasing online very soon here i'm super excited about that it's about sex trafficking um, of black teens. Um, yeah, started, and not to yeah. cut you off, but the way Circuit came about, because I think it's important for people to know, um, you reached out to me, because at the time I was doing like script editing, kind of just like story adjustments. And uh, you had a story, you had an idea, and you, you knew from the beginning you wanted to talk about human trafficking, which I really respected, because um, there's actually not a lot of content out there about human trafficking. Um, especially when it comes to black women. And from the get-go, you wanted to talk about human trafficking, but you admittedly to your to the tip of your hat said, I'm not a black woman and I there's some things that I'm missing in my script and I would like you to help fill that in. And I think we went back and forth like three or four times with the script. At first it was more like of a mafia kind of like crime <laughs> yeah. drama, like a very taken-esque script. And then we kind of came, settled to a conclusion, like, let's strip all that away and really get down to the nitty gritty and the reality of what this world is. And then the next draft of the script came in and it was kind of like, this is it. This is perfect. Right. Um, yeah. So how was 
I, I didn't get a chance to visit set, but how was that process to see it go from script to, to screen as a director? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm just grateful for your help and for everyone that was a part of this. I mean, the, the, the process was amazing. You know, like you said, we went back, I think a, a bit more than three or four, like five or six times, and, you know, really helped me refine my vision and, and help me, you know, um, get the story into a place where it needed to be in a place that was, you know, telling the right story. Um, you know, then going through casting and getting the locations and actually shooting, um, it was a whirlwind. But, you know, it was amazing. And, um, you know, seeing it all come together and taking it on festivals and sitting in the crowd as people view it with you and, you know, feeling their reactions was, that's, that's an incredible feeling, you know? And tell the listeners, they can't see what you're wearing right now, but you're wearing um, a hashtag circuit t-shirt, <laughs> which is awesome. But I, I, I really want to highlight, um, if you, we'll give you guys the socials for circuit so you can see all the production stills too. But I really want you to tell the people about the crew because the crew is to me, the most impressive part about what you put together. I mean, there's obviously the story centers around uh, women, young black women, but you put together a crew of majority black women. Absolutely. Absolutely. So from the outset, that was my goal. Um, I wanted to find, um, you know, make this a film, for women to bring awareness about what was happening to our women and to help things that were going on uh, above the line and below the line. So, you know, first reaching out to Lisa Mazada and Lauren Harrell um, as my producers. Um, you know, we brought on uh, Stella to be our line director, uh, reaching out to you to help with the story. I mean, going through that process to me, I felt like that's very, um, you know, just doing my part to be helpful uh, and to support and to, see a change within this industry because I, I noticed how underrepresented women are. So, you know, just doing my part because I was raised by a black woman and, you know, knowing how important it is. So that was something that I really wanted to uh, make a focus um, on our, on our production set. Which is fantastic because I, for one, am a huge proponent for below the line jobs as well. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I disagree that everyone has to be the director, writer, or the actor. I'm like, there's right. so many lucrative positions below the line that are just not represented from the cinematographer to department heads for wardrobe and makeup. So to see, and, and this is not a huge film, you guys, he didn't have an abundance of money. This is a little project that he put together. I think it's what, how long is the estimated? Like 10 to 12 minutes now or? Um, yeah, it's, it's roughly like 13 to 15 with the credits. 13 or 15 with the credits. So this is yeah. a labor of love and thank God Absolutely. you filmed it before COVID. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got yeah. that out of the way. Yeah, so we, we've kind of lost some of our festivals uh, due to COVID. So we're going to release it online. So, um, you know, if you guys stay tuned and follow the page, and when you get, the, you know, when we release those socials, uh, you'll be able to see it very shortly. And who's the lead actress in the film? Yeah, so the lead actress is Burgundy Baker. Uh, she's an amazing talent. She's a series regular on The Shy at the moment. Um, she did phenomenal. I mean, oh my goodness, I can't say enough about this woman's performance. I mean, she's so brilliant. Um, so she, she did excellent. We had, we actually, um, we had a lot of talks before we actually started filming where um, I had several interviews with women who had been, uh, who had gone through this because I wanted to, you know, make sure we got as accurate as possible. And, you know, Burgundy really channeled that fear and that, that energy and, and, you know, the level of, um, 
sadness and you know the feeling of being alone that these these women had you know when they when they told us their story so she, she's amazing i can't say she's how did you away. find her or get in contact with her ironically enough we're from the same hometown and you know i've known her and her family for a very very long time so you know it was a matter of just reaching out and she heard about the story she was instantly intrigued and she was like I'm in, <laughs> you know, say no more. So um, I just really love how that came together, you know, and That's being able brilliant. to have people, yeah, people from my, my hometown, you know, just really making big things be a part of it. And it's so poignant um, that not only are guests today and we're talking about circuit, but it seems like the theme of the week for me this week um, if, or this month is allyship, which you definitely mm -hmm. showed through your project, especially you guys, we're talking the invisible man. And I would be remiss if we didn't touch upon what is happening in our country currently. And if you follow me on my socials, you'll know I've been very, very vocal uh, this past week, especially. But it's something particularly special about having Army with us as he is a black man. And I, I mean, I'm a black woman, so we're both in the same culture, but it's different. I have brothers that are 15 years old and they, they look like grown men, but they're kids. I want to hear from you, Army, as a Black man, what this past week, and even before, I know you are from North Carolina? Or, yes. Yeah, so you, you did the protest in 2016. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so, so how's this, how has it been from 2016 to now? I mean, honestly, it's, it's just heartbreaking. Um, we see story after story, video after video, post after post, and we're fed up. And I think that's what the country is seeing right now. Everyone is fed up. And people are starting to show that frustration, show that anger, you know, and they're taken to the streets and they're trying to reclaim, you know, our, our lives because they're, take, they're literally taking them away from us. So, you know, like I said, 2016, Keith Lamont shot was Keith Lamont Scott um, he was shot and murdered in, uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I went out there, I was on the front lines, uh, you know, getting pepper spray, getting tear gassed and being out there. And, um, you know, I, that was painful, you know, to see my friends turn against me and, you know, people asking, why are you out there? You know, why are you doing this? And I'm like, this man was murdered. Like it, that could have been me. How do, how do you not see why I feel this way? You know, and but I, you know, it, it, it's way more widespread now. People are accepting and they're understanding like you got to take matters into your own hands. You know, you, you voting it away or trying to do the legislative side, like those things are cool and we need them, but we also need to be more people's faces. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a bit more aggressive. Yeah. And I will, I mean, will I ever like, publicly condone violence i know because i don't want people to get hurt but um at the same time do i understand it i absolutely 100 percent do because we tried for years to peacefully protest with dr king and with colin kaepernick uh and that still wasn't good enough and i believe it was um on the daily show or one of those night shows that the, one of the hosts actually said how would you like us to protest to a woman who i will not ever say her name out loud um Starts with a T, ends with a bitch. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, um, he asked, it was Trevor Noah. And Trevor Noah straight up asked, like, what 
how would you like us to protest? Like, what is the appropriate protest for you? And she didn't have an answer because there is no answer. Because no matter what we do, someone's going to have a problem with it because it's never been about the protests. It's always just about been about the oppression and the continuing the legacy of the white supremacy because no one wants that to be dismantled when you're benefiting from it. And if you are a listener of our podcast and you are not black, um, and that doesn't just mean white people, that means if you're Asian descent and, and, and white passing Latino descent, I want you to follow me and army and our social pages because um, specifically myself, I've been talking about how to dismantle white supremacy, the system itself, how you benefit from it, even when you don't think you benefit from it. And all of those things have to stem back, stem back to police brutality um, against black people. And so if you listen to my show and you enjoy the show and you, you get a good laugh out of it, just know that uh, your allyship, this is the time for you to speak up. If you, if you are at home wondering, well, what can I do? I, I'm not, I can't protest. I'm not going to attend protests because of COVID. I just got tested and I'm waiting for my results back and I don't want to hurt anyone unknowingly because if I have it and I'm asymptomatic, then that will hurt someone. So I'm staying home, but I've set up uh, uh, links on my pages for funds for you to donate to the protesters, people who are going out there if they need supplies. Um, I've set up books, uh, links to books and articles for you to read to educate yourself. And then, you know, go home and talk to your family or your loved ones or your husband and your wife and people who are very passive about racism and educate them as well because this burden doesn't fall on army or myself or our family members and our community it, it falls on anyone who doesn't look like us it's time for you guys to stand up and take your take a stand and be on our side or if you're not then fall back and stop benefiting from our culture our music our clothing, our hairstyle, us as people. I don't know about you, Army, but I've definitely dated other people outside of my race. That is a benefit to be a, in a relationship with a black person. And if you won't educate yourself on our community, you don't deserve these benefits anymore. So the title of the movie is The Invisible Man. And it's apropos that we're talking about it today because that's exactly how I feel um, that this country is seeing our black men as invisible, as just a, a number on a spreadsheet or just another statistic to go into. Um, Army, are you planning to attend any protests in, L are you in LA currently? Yes, so yeah, okay. I'm here in LA currently. Um, and no, I'm not planning on attending any protests. Um, like I said, I understand why people are doing it, but like, like you said, with COVID, um, you know, just, I also just got a test, which was awful. I stuck that thing up my nose. <laughs> I was about to cry. The awful. one at the Dodger Stadium only is doing mouth swabs. So I got out yeah. lucky. I didn't get oh, to do yeah, the, lucky. the Oh notes. my goodness. Yeah. But yeah, because of, so, um, you know, just want to protect the health and uh, myself and everyone else. So, um, but yeah, highly advise, you know, if you're going out there just to be safe, um, protect, know yes, how to tell us your yourself. tips because you have tips and you put yeah, them on so, your IG. So please take us through the tips. Yeah. So, you know, definitely, um, put some tips on my, on my, uh, social media and some things you need to know, um, like dealing, because I have felt the effects of these things. Um, so I've been pepper sprayed, um, and knowing how to defend against that, um, that you, you know, you need to make sure that you're not using water. Okay, because water is just going to make it worse. So, you know, use some sort of uh, antacid um, and, and, and milk, you know, and, and have, that, have that readily available. Have a change of clothes readily available. 
Um, if you're going out there, make sure that, um, that you're staying in groups, that you're staying with your friends, that you know the people that you're going with because there are um, ops, they're gonna be there. And they're gonna be trying to get you, there'll be police who are gonna try to snatch you if you get cornered by yourself. They're gonna try to lead you uh, to do something. So make sure that you're around people that you know and that you trust. Um, if something does happen to you, uh, make sure you have your friend's phone numbers written on your arm and like and marker. Make sure you have numbers of your lawyers, of, of your, anyone that you need to get in contact with in case something happens to you because your phone, people will snatch your phone, cops will snatch your phone. Um, make sure you disable your face ID and you cover your face because they will be trying to take action on you um, when this thing is over. If anything happens and you're in the vicinity, they may be looking to you to be a witness or uh, you know, to try to take you in. So, you know, just some of these things are things that you can use to be safe and, you know, make sure you're being peaceful and doing it the right way. Yeah. Oh, I think that's the biggest one. Make sure you're being peaceful because we're recording this now on um, Saturday, May the 30th. And uh, right before we got on army, I was watching the Chicago protest. So my advice is going to go straight to those white people. If you're saying you're our ally and you're showing up to a protest and you're damaging property, guess who guess who is affected by that that not you again because you are protected under the system it's us so when the media blows up and they say oh these people are damaging property or they're looting target they're doing all these things and it's you doing it and then and the name for us stop you're not helping us we get all the blame we carry the blame they don't say oh look at those white people who are tagging cnn they go look at those thugs the president literally just said thugs which is code for black people over the weekend so your allyship means not being, there's no way you're more upset than us. That's just period. There's no way you are more upset about police brutality than black people. So I need you to tone it down on that, especially these white men. These white men are so using this moment to be the Joker uh, uh, from the dark night and taking it out and living their anti-vigilante dreams. So I need you to listen to the people, to the black people who are organizing these protests and they want to keep it peaceful and they want to do it the right way. And it's not about you because the moment you become violent and the moment you destroy property, it becomes about that only. Right. And right. it's your fault. If that, ha if someone gets hurt, a 19 year old boy died in Detroit during a protest, he got shot. Okay. So this is serious to us. So we accept your allyship. We want you to march with us. Uh, march with us. We want you to be right there in front of us to, pr to protect us, obviously. Um, but we don't need you damaging the name of us, especially our own communities. And the people who come out of town to drive to Chicago, you're not even from Chicago, you're not even from Illinois, you're driving to to cause damage. I see you, I hope they catch you, I hope they find you. You are no ally, you are a false ally, okay? Um, the second piece of advice I have is if you are going to a protest, and of course we're, you're not going with the intention to be violent, but you should be prepared, like Army said. Uh, those wonderful people in Hong Kong for the last two years or so have developed some really uh, interesting techniques to protect themselves. They're carrying umbrellas to block tear gas or deterrence, um, having leaf blowers to blow away tear gas. Like look, at, look it up online, but all the Hong Kong protests have been so key to me during this whole thing to encourage me to say, look how they're unified, look how they come together and protect each other. Whew. It's yeah, exhausting it's army, aren't you exhausted? I'm I'm tired. I'm exhausted. But how have you been I'm, sleeping at night? I don't. Exactly. I don't. No, I don't sleep. But 
there's this fire that burns within me and there's just this energy that I have because I'm so passionate about helping our people. I'm so passionate about seeing a difference. So, you know, long as they're out there fighting, we're going to be here fighting right beside you, you know, and it's doing like our thing. what Sam Cook said, change's going to come. Change going to come. So, one of my favorite, right. favorite songs, which by the way, about that song, I don't know if you ever heard the Gavin DeGraw, like, uh, um, cover of it. There's no reason why that might, white man should have so much soul when he sings that song, but he does. That is an amazing cover, you guys. Gavin DeGraw has a cover of Sam Cooke's A Change Gonna Come, and you're just listening to Gavin like, hold on, are you, where is this coming from? Like, where's all this soul and like bravado? It's really a sensational cover. Okay, but, I gotta check it out. Uh, yeah. Check it out, because every time I listen to it, I'm like, you, you would think Gavin DeGraw grew up like in the projects, <laughs> like... <laughs> somewhere destitute. That boy got soul. Okay. Yeah, he's got soul. So I love that. Um, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna move on to the invisible man. Um, I have my cheat sheet up. So I'm gonna go through some of the specs and, and army feel free to jump in whenever if you've got a question or a comment because this and this movie is so interesting. I got to see this movie while it was in theaters. Did you get to see it while I was in theaters? Yes, I did. Watch? Okay, yes, I did. so we barely made it. Like I think quarantine happened like two days after I saw the movie, which wow. sucks for the Invisible Man. But then you know what they did so smartly? They put it on VOD. And I watched it again, actually. Like I, did I paid too. The, yeah, I watched it yeah. twice. <laughs> so um, that was what they were one of the first movies. I think Disney's Onward also did it. Yeah, um, yeah, Trolls. Yeah, Trolls Brothers. did it. Yeah. And then the Vin Diesel one, which I haven't seen, did it too. Bloodshot, but, I think. Yeah. yeah, Bloodshot. I don't think Bloodshot did that well. But um, but Invisible Man, I think, did very, very well because it half was in theaters and half wasn't in theaters. So the Invisible Man was released on February 20... That doesn't seem right. Was it February 27th? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my gosh. So I think it was in theaters for like two weeks before we went into like mm -hmm. quarantine. Um, it's got a runtime of 124 minutes, including credits. It's uh, distributed by Universal Pictures. So as you know, it's produced by um, Blumhouse and they have a first look deal with Universal Pictures. So that comes hand in hand. It had a budget of $7 million, which is slightly over Blumhouse's uh, budget model. As you know, um, Blumhouse loves to do $5 million uh, horror films, but I, I have seen a few $7 million. So this seems like, I feel like with all the technology used in the film, that's where the extra $2 million came from. Just <laughs> all of the CGI suit stuff. Um, so opening, and the numbers here are a little different, you guys, because again, this, this movie is only in theaters for like a couple of weeks, and then it went straight to, to VOD. The opening weekend, though, said it made $45.8 So look, Blumhouse's model works brilliantly. A $7 million budget and a $40 million, $45 million profit in a weekend that's just in the Friday through Sunday. Like, that obviously did its job, but then it went on to gross $126 million. I don't know if that's worldwide or just domestic since they didn't have an international re international release, but either way, that's an astounding number. That's great. Yeah, that's <laughs> for great. For a $7 million project. <laughs> um, 
It had a Rotten Tomato score of 92% for the critics and a 88% for audiences, which is amazing. Um, it has a Metacritic score of 72 um, and a user Metacritic score of 6.8, again, really high. Um, the director and writer is Leigh Whannell, and you know him best from Upgrade, Insidious, Chapter 3, um, which he also wrote and directed. Um, the Saw series, obviously, is what she's, he's best known for. He was one of the actors in Saw, but also uh, the writer. Um, Dead Silence, which is one of my favorite puppet horror movies. I, people always make fun of it, but I love Dead Silence. Um, it was composed by Benjamin Walfesh, who also did Blade Runner, It, and Shazam. Uh, cinematographer is Stefan Dasio, I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong, um, who also worked with Lee on Upgrade and The Mule. Editor is a Andy Canny, who also worked on Upgrade. So that makes me super happy when I see directors kind of work with the same cinematographer and editor editors over and over again, because that means they A, liked each other, and B, have done good work. They, I mean, Upgrade, have you seen Upgrade, Army? No, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, uh, it's on HBO, which is now HBO Max. If you have it, or get the seven-day free trial, it is such a good movie. Yeah? It's legit. Right. It's legit. Yeah, and they're it turning it into a TV show, I heard. Yes, after. I just saw yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. I don't know how the TV show is going to hold up, but uh, I really enjoyed I really enjoyed that. It's like, you know, um, in Iron Man, how um, Iron Man's, uh, who's this Jeeves guy that talks to him? Like, the, the, yeah, the robot. Um, not Jeeves. That's as, that's from that's from the 90s. Ask Jeeves. Ask Jeeves, the old surgeon. Jarvis. Jarvis. <laughs> yeah. It's like if there was an evil Jarvis. Oh, That's what Upgrade is. Okay. It's, it's okay. It's brilliant. Um, in the in the lead role, we have Elizabeth Moss, which is uh, you guys will best know her from Hands Made Tale, but also from Us. Um, we also have Aldis yes. Hodge. I'm gonna say that right. Aldis Hodge. Um, Hidden Figures, Jada Compton, brother of Edwin Hodge from the Purge series. So I love that um, Aldis is stepping into the, our horror community. Um, I love that the Hodge brothers are are deep into the horror community. I hope they do a, a picture together. That would be the dream. That would be dope. Um, and then we have a young Storm Reed, who I've, since I saw her in Slate, I've been keeping an eye on her. What a sensational up-and-coming young Hollywood actress. Um, Slate, Wrinkle in Time, and then also in the Blumhouse horror that didn't do so well, Don't Let Go. Um, but it shows that, you know, Blumhouse obviously like her and likes her and, and hopefully they keep her in the family and keep her working. I hope they do because I love her too. I, I love her too, especially so in Euphoria. Crazy. Euphoria, she's killing it. Oh my she's God. She's everywhere. It. She's everywhere. And she's, she just seems so polite and just, I, I want her, you know what, what I want for her though? I want some leading roles. I love mm -hmm. seeing her in these supporting roles, but I need my girl to get a leading film like today, like a good teen, like fun leading role. That'd like what dope. they didn't do for my girl Gabrielle Union years ago. I want to see Storm. <laughs> yeah, she needs to have that track. Needs to have that track. All right. Mm -hmm. So I got some fun facts about um, The Invisible Man. So the first one is one we've already mentioned. Due to the closure of the movie theaters during COVID-19 pandemic, which is crazy, that's etched in our, our history forever. Um, Universal announced that the movie will be available for rent from Friday, the 20th, March, 2020, um, with a 48-hour viewing windows for 1999. So how did you feel about paying $20 for it? Did you have, do you have AMC Movie Pass? No, I don't. I see, don't. I had the AMC Movie Pass, so I got to see three free movies a week for 20 bucks a month. 
So I was like, I have to pay for it. I, it's what it was, and I've had it for a, like a year and a half. I, it was the first time I actually had to pay for a movie, like really for a singular movie in so long. It, I didn't like it. You know, what's, what's crazy is that as, as much as I go to the movie theaters, like I love going to the movie theaters. Like I don't, I don't have one of those passes. I just have it. So I'm like spending a buku amount of <laughs> dollars. Yeah. So no, it was like, yeah, so it was like 20 bucks. I was like, ah. You know, it's IMAX. AMC Movie Pass, <laughs> 20 bucks a month, and that includes IMAX and 3D. And you get to pick your seats, obviously, from the app. And you could, like, pre-order food before you got to the theater. So then all you have to do is pick up your food and go straight to... Look, I was living the dream. There's three AMCs near my home in Burbank. Three. There's a six, an eight, and a 16. Why do we have three AMCs on the same block? I don't know. But I utilized all three of them. Like, if, if a big budget movie was coming out, like The Avengers... I went to the 16th because they had the big Dolby surround sound, you know, system and the recliners. Right. If it was a small indie film, like I saw in 1918, I went to the six because I knew it was only going to be serious, like solenophiles in there and they want to talk. So I miss my movie theater. <laughs> I know, me too. Like, I wonder what's going to happen to AMC right now. Like, like, what do you think about that? Like, are they... Oh, I, I saw um, um, Eric Haywood, who's a writer who I follow on Twitter. He posted a picture of this like AMC model they had where it's like two seats and then uh, and then <laughs> spaces for four seats and then two seats, like the social distance. And I was, he was like, are you guys going to watch Tint in this <laughs> theater? And I said, hell no. Like, I want to see Tint like everyone else. Is oh, it Tenet or Tenet? Tenet? I want to see Tenet like everyone else because Nolan says you have to see it in this theater but I'm like I don't want to sit in a theater that has like spaces in it I don't want to do that like even though I get bothered by sitting next to someone anyway in a theater I'm just like uh I don't I don't know I yeah that's super weird like have like it kind of takes away from the yeah like could you imagine we went to see Avengers and the, in that theater, it's like half full. It, it loses the excitement. Like, did you see the Avengers, the uh, Endgame? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this mm-hmm. is a spoiler if you guys haven't yeah. seen it, but I mean, it's it's been out for like a year. When when Captain America got um, the hammer, the oh, whole theater the exploded. Erupted, yeah, yeah. Erupted, and I'm like, yeah. those were moments that I enjoy <laughs> in a good blockbuster movie. So I yeah. don't want that. I feel like don't open the theaters until we actually get a vaccine. There's yeah. really no rush to open There's the no theaters, rush. you guys. Like, why? Yeah. Um, are, some you, films... are you going to drive? Are you going to drive-ins? Are, where's the drive? I heard Dodger Stadium, but that's where they're doing the testing. So I was like, I guess that's not the drive-in. Uh, I, I don't know where they are. There's supposed to be like three or four, um, like near the valley, or going towards East LA or so. So I just, yeah. I just think it's. I, I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure if I'm a fan of it. Like, would I like it? You know, it takes How away, you like you said, hear takes away the from the sound. Experience. That's a great question. Maybe it's just very loud. You just roll your windows down and that sounds awful. <laughs> I've never been to one. I don't know. I've never been to a drive-in either. <laughs> that sounds awful. The only experience I have with the drive-in theater is from like Twister. Remember that scene in Twister yeah. where the <laughs> Twister came through and they were in, and that's my worst nightmare. <laughs> like, could you imagine being in a drive-in theater and a freaking tornado? Yeah, it came right through the screen while they were playing yeah. The Shining, which is so classic. Um, no, I love movie theaters so much. I was just saying on my Twitter, like, I miss the smell of popcorn. And I, I like to put M&Ms in my popcorn. Mm. And the, the butter, that's not butter. It's just oil, you guys. Like, you're literally just drinking oil, but it's so good. 
and the Coke, the crack of the Coca-Cola. And I had a movie blanket that I kept in my trunk and I would sit in my movie blanket and the recliner seats and I'd kick off my shoes and I just was in it for two hours, just uninterrupted. I miss that so much, but I'm not sitting in a theater that's like half, it's just not as fun. It's just not. Yeah, but for, for Tenet, no, I don't know. After, after, seeing, after seeing the preview, I might, I might risk it all. I might risk it, it but all also Dune. <laughs> Dune is supposed to come out. Do you want to see Dune yeah. in like an empty? Like, no, you want to see Dune on a big screen yeah. with lots of people. And oh, my heart hurts. <laughs> it's the one. It's the one thing I don't know. Anyway, so so uh, like we were saying, The Invisible Man was one of the first movies to do that. Um, this is what Lewinell had to say about Aldis, and I I want to read it because I think this, we all feel this way about Aldis Hodge. He said. Not only is Aldous a very handsome fellow, I love that word fellow, he's also one of the nicest people I've ever met. The whole family is nice, you guys. When Edwin came on our show, which that's on season one, we talked about the Purge series, like he couldn't have been nicer. And then like the sister also acts, the whole family's talented and nice. I don't know what their mother like did to them, but it's unbelievable. Um, then Wanell says, Aldous has so many talents um, his intelligence, his technical uh, is, is illustrations of, of his own watch designs and more. He's like, I'm, I'm going to list off good qualities until everyone listening to this commentary realizes that it's really unfair, the whole Aldous Hodge situation. Nobody's supposed to be that perfect in real life, and I'm angry about it, and I agree. <laughs> um, what a sensational talent, the whole family, but also, I, I don't, I mean, maybe you weren't paying attention to it because you're a straight man, but I appreciate the wardrobe stylist for putting Aldis in those tight button down cop t-shirts because those arms, did you see that man's wingspan? <laughs> the wingspan on this man. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely, he's definitely, um, he's been in the weight room. He's been in the weight room for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think he's slacking. Like, yeah, yeah what? he's eating weights for breakfast because yeah. The wingspan, the 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 tight. I knew the wardrobe stylist had to have known. Like, girl, you put him in the tightest khakis. She knew she was looking out for us. Thank you, wardrobe stylist, for whatever you're doing. We needed something. Um, okay, so now I want to break down the synopsis of the movie, and we can again jump in whenever you feel like. Um, here we go. And you guys, I'm sorry, like if I'm stuttering or whatever, but I haven't really talked the, I've talked a lot this week because of the situation that's happening all over the country. So my voice is like on the way out. So the invisible man, <laughs> see already starting. The invisible man is a 2020 science fiction horror film written and directed by Leigh Whannell. So talented, this guy. Um, it follows a woman who believes she's being stalked by her abusive and wealthy boyfriend, even after his apparent suicide. She ultimately deduces that he has acquired the ability to become invisible. So that's the, the first piece. Um, trapped in a violent controlling relationship with wealthy optics engineer and businessman, Adrian Griffin, Cecilia Cass, one night drugs him with daz dazepam, I think. That's a drug, I'm sure. Dazepam, yeah. Diazepam, and escapes their home into the nearby woods to wait for her sister, Emily. After Can you talk about that opening that opening. Oh my scene, God, though? yes, I want to. That opening scene, what tension. Oh. As a director, how does it feel watching? I, are you like me where you watch a movie because I'm a writer and you go, oh, I wonder how they wrote that. Or, oh, look at the technical camera move here. Like sometimes it takes you out of the movie because you're- Yeah, I, 
Yeah, I try to I try to give it a um, a double watch. I try to give most films like especially a film like that. I gotta watch it twice because the the first time I'm definitely gonna be invested in the story and the craft and and the, and the acting, just trying to be immersed. But you know, then I always take another look. You know, that deeper dive. Like, ooh, I wonder what the composer was thinking when he he raised the score here, or you know, how did they get that shot? Like, it was so, so silent. It was so silent for like love that. five minutes yeah. that I. I could like hear my heart beating. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, I was like sitting in my chair and I, I just noticed I was all like, I was like, why am I sitting like this? Like, oh, I'm so t- I'm tense. <laughs> the <laughs> like, tension. And yeah, um, I love that. What what I love is what I, you know, I follow Lay on um, Twitter. He specifically said, someone in the audience when they were doing the testing for the film asked like, why didn't they see actual the physical abuse of Cecilia on screen? He's like, cause you didn't need to, you just need to believe her that it happened. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's so great. Like, it's so great because show it. Yes. Without, without giving away any, like just that opening scene, you could, you could tell everything about their relationship, about the way she felt about them. Like it was so clear through the camera movement, through the, through the sound by, by her, amazing acting i mean it was brilliant, brilliant no one brilliant. agrees no one look if, if you don't watch handmaid's tell i i've just dived into it during covid and i've like i've binged all four seasons i'm waiting on the fifth but no one breathes like elizabeth moss like she is like like she's the best breathing acting yeah technique yeah, yeah. Ever. she doesn't say a line until like five minutes into the movie it's just her her breathing and i'm just like this is she's so good. and then when she hit that dog bowl i was like Girl, <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, girl, <laughs> like, come on. We practice this. <laughs> you should have known. You should have known. <laughs> like, oh my god. And it's so planned out. But yeah, the just setting tension like that. Um, sorry, my dog wants to join. Just setting yeah. tension like that right off the bat is just genius. It's it's the it's the rule of directing, right? Show. Yeah, it's a master class. Show not tell. Like if you want to learn, uh, show not tell. Study the first five pages of that script like yeah. hands down study that brilliant yeah what a way to open a film and and um again elizabeth moss is <laughs> i mm-hmm. want her to do a comedy at some point she she did get him to the greek years ago before she was like elizabeth moss but um i feel so bad i'm feeling like she's always in a state of distress from us to Handmaid's Tale <laughs> to now The Invisible Man. I'm like, give this she girl plays, She plays that better than anybody right now. You know what I mean? She it's does. Like, I mean, and then she's also a Scientologist. So like, that's distressing. I don't know. So she needs a break. She needs a break. Know that. She is. She's a Scientologist. Oh, I know. We're, we're not going to go there, but uh, what a talent. <laughs> yeah. um, so, and the, first of all, their house, or his house, I guess, yeah. But the, the the view of the ocean, that is goals. That is yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I didn't I, know I, optics I, I, engineers made that much money, but the house was insane. And I love the opening, like um where they have the, the roll credits and the waters washing up on the rocks. Yeah. And it splashes over the logo and then the, the words are in this. Oh man. Did you see crazy. the marketing material? I don't know if it was a joke or no. if it was real, but the marketing material they sent like an action figure of the visible man and there was nothing in the box. Like <laughs> Because he's invisible. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Said, that's this great. is great. That's, that's brilliant. Yeah, that's brilliant, Mark. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> so Adrian, toy. exactly. <laughs> like no, it's like it's just a you know those action figurines. It's like Invisible Man, and then there's nothing in the box, and you're like, what? <laughs> it's clever. Whoever thought clever. of that? Um, it's cheap. 
for this climate. Cheap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the cheapest marketing I've ever seen. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so Adrian nearly catches Cecilia, um, but they're able to escape. So she's on this, the, the road, this back road. Her sister is late, which, yo, I was like, my sister would be late. The one time right. I need you to be on time, because <laughs> you already know, you late. Like, you, <laughs> you are late. Like, I just knew that car coming around the corner was him. I was like, God damn it. I was like, she got caught. I was like, run, run. But it was late ass sister. He runs and like smashes the window and, and almost gets her. And I'm like, who is, is this invisible man or the bionic man? Like, who is right. this person? <laughs> Why are optics engineers so strong? Like, There's like, no damn. reason. <laughs> There's no reason for you to be that yeah. buff, Adrian. You think an optics engineer would be like this, like, dad bod like like lovable nerd i'm like why are you like so buff he's like no i, I came to, to fuck some shit up <laughs> yeah about language no you can curse on this show we curse oh, okay. all the time <laughs> sorry kids um so cecilia drives off with her sister emily and she goes to hides out and this is where we get to finally our black people <laughs> yeah um cecilia hides out with childhood friend detective james uh lanier and his teenage daughter sydney um right. that's when i did the leo dicaprio meme i was just like oh that's, that's my girl that's my girl hey yeah <laughs> there she is there she is um i love seeing storm and stuff like she's so recognizable now like storm that's it <laughs> her name's storm um so so aldis plays the detective he's a cop which is an interesting <laughs> it's an interesting choice it's an interesting choice to make um james lanier a police officer because it also helps the like Okay, so they're friends. Like, obviously, they don't really get into the background story of how James and Cecilia are friends, but we get some, like, hints that they went to college together or something. I don't get any, like, romantic vibes. Like, they dated at some point. Maybe fondled no, each I, other at the club a yeah, little bit. I, I didn't know. get that either. It felt, it felt very platonic and it felt very big platonic. brotherly. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, like brotherly. Yeah. Almost maybe, yeah. like, that. James had hooked up with Emily at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I. That's what I gathered. That right. his sister had some sort of some some sort of thing. But I also like. Let's talk to Detective James Lanier for a second. Like, you have a teenage, a black teenage daughter, and you're let in. Everything Cecilia is saying is true, and how crazy this man is. You won't allow her to stay at your house, <laughs> like with this teenage girl doing that. I would have been like, look, Cecilia, I love you. And I guess the, the, the reasoning is she couldn't go to her sister's house because he knows where her sister lives. So this was, I was like, this is, this is your only friend, the black guy? And he's okay with it? I guess because he's a cop. I and, think, yeah, because you know, he's a cop and he has the gun. And you know, he's been eating weights every morning. He's like, who's yeah, he got them games. Yeah, the arm span. He's like, ain't nobody getting here. I'm ain't good. nobody coming up in here. We good. You know? But, but then it doesn't look like he has room for Cecilia because was she not sharing a bed with Sydney at some point? No, 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 no. She had her own, she had her own like uh setup. Well, um, why were they in the I, same she, 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 she was like afraid, she was like scared. And I think so you sleep with a teenage girl. Yeah, if you don't get I, in bed with that fine ass man who's <laughs> strong, who has the gun, I'm not sleeping with teenage Sydney, I'm going to sleep with a man. Look uh, how big this man is. Uh, uh, that don't so make sense funny. to me. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, that she was like, uh, he she probably. Was, uh, I'm feeling waiting. scared. Sydney screwed over. <laughs> he let the door crack, like just in case she need a, <laughs> she need to push. It was like the door crack. Like, like no. 
people gun owner cops especially will leave their guns by their their desk so like that's where i'm sleep i'm sleeping next to him <laughs> period because first of all sydney's bed was like a twin bed like there's no room for you in here girl it's barely <laughs> enough room for sydney so sorry Crazy. I just, it, didn't make, it didn't make sense to me it didn't make sense to me but you yeah. know i digress anyway. i love their i love <laughs> their 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 chemistry though their friendship you know and how they yeah. how they set that up you know like how they were so cool um you know, I think, because I think that's exactly our nature, right? That's how we would be. We had someone in our home, you know what I mean? It's like, look, this is Sydney. You need to get your ass out there and walk and go to the mailbox. Exa- yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that encouragement. That's that's Black people. Like, there's yeah. a video that was going viral a few years ago. This guy was skateboarding. He was trying to do a trick, and he couldn't get it. And these Black women stopped. They're like, come on, baby, do yeah. it. You can do it again. And he nailed it. And she's like, see? And that's that is our nature, like. That is, yeah. To just be very yeah. encouraging. Um, and I love what he provides for her, which is what she needs. I think that's why it's important that they were stayed platonic. She didn't need another romantic entanglement. She just came out of this relationship. She had right. to forcefully leave. She doesn't need another man to be all up in her, like, grill sexually. She just needed a friend and to show, to prove that men, not, you know, men aren't evil. It's just evil. Right. Yeah, it was very nice and sweet. Um to do that very nice and sweet so two weeks later adrian seemingly commits suicide and leaves cecilia five million dollars and his will handled and organized by his lawyer brother tom um so they so so basically cecilia has a choice like she can take the money or she doesn't have to take the money but if she takes the money what was the thing she takes the money there was a there was a stipulation. I forgot what it was. Um, yeah, what was that stipulation? Um, yeah, yeah, he had to he had to read he had to read the apology. Yeah, read the apology, yeah. and they said they read it in private. Now, look, I I don't blame Cecilia for taking the money, but I also do blame her <laughs> for taking the money. Like, girl, that man beat you, abused you, emotionally degraded you. Do you deserve money? Yes. But he's leaving you five million dollars. Don't you know that's another form of manipulation? Like yeah. you had to I have known that. I deserve this. I deserve this money. She said all that suffering. <laughs> <laughs> and what she did was really sweet. She gave Sydney what ten thousand dollars a month. A month to pay for her school. To pay yeah. for her school. Yeah. So I guess she yeah. was giving reparations out. So I'll. For that. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Well, you but you know what she did yeah. say? She didn't offer to pay no rent. Right. Like, fool, how long you been? Where you get some groceries? Like, you want groceries, right? Can you pay for some groceries? Like, y'all eat a lot. She brought a ladder. <laughs> a ladder. If you don't get in there and put some food in this fridge and pay this gas bill. Hey, it's a ladder. Okay. Uh, th- thanks, Sid. Thanks, Sid. A ladder just so she can climb up and grab the letter. I was like, right. What? All right, anyway, that was, sorry. That was cute, though. But thank you. It was cute, Cecilia. As Cecilia tries to move forward, she is plagued by several unexplained experiences. Uh, she suspects another present is in the house one night when she finds a door open and witnesses the light flickering on and off. That would drive me nuts too. I swear there's like a ghost in my house all the time. I'm just like, but it's usually just my neighbors next door. So (laughs) no one does scared and confused like Elizabeth Moss. Like she is the best face for it. What a perfect actress. Um, she calls for James when she sees footprints in her room, but rea- but he reassures her she's just still traumatized. Traumatized. So this is the scene we're talking about when they're in bed. That was dope. Right. That was a dope That's, scene. Yeah. That scene was insane. Like she pulled, like because I just knew he was gonna be in the chair. 
Right. Oh, we all oh, suspected oh, he was in the chair. So she throws the covers. I was like, oh, she in there buggy. And then <laughs> he steps on the cover. He steps like, on the cover, which is just crazy. like perfect. I'm like, that is just so great. Like, it's just enough to, to scare the hell out of you, but not, an, but it's not tropey and it's not a cliche. Like, if he was in the chair, that would be cliche. Right. I do remember when the trailer for this movie came out, though, there were some scenes not included in the film that I was really looking forward to see. I think it was one of them. Yeah. There was a chair. Yeah, there was like a chair instance and I wanted to see it, but um, they, I guess what they did was really smart because they didn't want to give away like some of the big scenes. They gave us some false scenes some false for scenes, the trailer. Yeah. So we still had surprises in the theater, yeah. which I appreciated so much. But at this point- yeah. Sydney's in the bed and and then Cecilia, you know, someone's stepping on the covers and she just screamed. And that would have been the point where I said, you can't stay in here. <laughs> you gotta Your go. Your ass gotta go. I'm Get sorry. out of my room. Scared my daughter. Because Sydney looking around like, well, I don't want to stay in here. <laughs> like, we all gotta go to daddy's room. <laughs> so, um, but what a great, and again, um, the writing director is so great at, at setting us up with why I call the Hitchcock, which is it's the anticipation. That's mm. the real scare. It's not the jump scare. It's not jump scare. It's not like, oh, someone's behind the, the, the mirror. It's the, you're anticipating that someone is there. And yeah. then he says, nope, no, they're not. And you're like, oh my gosh, it's the, pacing it's the catch and, and release. The, yeah, yeah. The pacing is, is really key on that, you know, make it like they didn't just how long to hold the shots, um, you know, and, and it's like, you know, set up, set up, no payoff you know, then you get to pay off later, right? Like that. Pay off later. And I love, there's an article floating around that I didn't get to read, but I bookmarked it about how the camera itself is a character. Like it's a separate, the the way he is, the the camera is the invisible man. And we get to see the POV from Adrian supposedly um, is really, really interesting. And it makes me think as uh, you're an actor, poor Elizabeth Moss, all those scenes she had by herself. (laughs) Jeez. Where she's just reacting. Yeah. That's it. Like she, she has nothing, nothing else she to has, do. Nothing. Yeah, she has an incredible, incredible imagination. But also what, what I read an article that that lend that lended to that that helped her was Adrian. Um what I forgot his name. Uh now let me see. Uh, but he would always be very close right off set. Was he was he? Okay. Yeah. Yes. I was thinking his name is Oliver Jackson Cohen. Yeah, Oliver, um, yeah, Oliver. I was thinking like how great of a, a role it would be like, hey, so you're going to be in like the first minute of the film and the last like 10 minutes of the film. So I only need you for three days and you're going to get paid X amount of money. Cool. You guys have fun. But he was there the whole time. That's, that's really cool. The, yeah. So in all the scenes that he, his like his presence and being there and like being all set, creating that vibe that he's still around, you know, so I guess that was brilliant and helping her feel, you know, that clutch, that grasp of him still like around her neck, you know, it was like- I just see him in my mind, like, you know, at the crafty bar grabbing like snacks. And then when they're rolling, he's just like, just sitting there just like, oh yeah, I'm here. Cause I don't, I don't have any lines and I'm not on screen. So I'm just gonna get the snack while you're working your butt off. But anyway, I love Oliver Jackson Cohen. I'm not saying he didn't work his butt off. I'm just saying, some acting roles are great. <laughs> because yeah. you know, like I would take that in a heartbeat. I would take I'm going to get paid how much? Okay, great. I mean, how many scenes? All right, cool. <laughs> Let's go. Um, sorry, you guys, I'm drinking water. Huh? Uh, where do I live? Uh, oh, oh, this is this one really hurts. So during a job interview, she faints after finding her portfolio contents removed and is taken to the hospital. 
Later, the doctor calls and says they found high levels of diazepam in her system. Shortly after returning home, Cecilia finds the same bottle she drugged Adrian with, which she dropped during her escape in the bathroom. So he's just really toying with her. And I, like, the original Invisible Man, I, I never saw it, but the plot really was just about this invisible guy who wore bandages, you know? And I'm not sure, like, what the threat was there. But I love the angle of abuse here especially silent abuse or invisible abuse like he obviously really physically and emotionally abused her um before they broke up and then now that he they broke up and she's moved on he's still like silently abusing her even though he's really there but to everyone else it seems like a trauma i love that that when he takes her portfolio and she goes to this job interview she's so excited and then she opens up her canvas and it's gone Nothing. Oh. And the guy's looking at her like, oh, it's fine. And, but, but he doesn't understand. Like, no, no, no. It was here. It was right yeah. here. Yeah. And I think also, like, I think that was so brilliant how they, it, it, you know, it made her feel like I'm not crazy. Like, I'm telling y'all, like, I'm not insane. Like, and you, you start to feel for people who, like, you know, who are suffering with, like, schizophrenia or something, mental health and, like, how they, like, they're so, like, she channeled that, you know what I mean? Like, no, you don't understand. Like, what I'm feeling feels real, you know, so. And it's also a, a beautiful metaphor for what the Me Too movement was, which is, like, believe yeah. women. And yeah. even though she suffered this horrible thing, no one can believe her because they can't see it. And that's right. what, that, to me, goes back to also police, uh, police brutality in our community. There's a lot of people out there right now who, and COVID, uh, a lot of people on the opposite side who don't believe COVID is real, who don't believe police brutality is real because it doesn't affect them directly and they can't see it. And there's something about having something, tan but it's so interesting because those same people also go to church and, and pray to a God they've never seen in their life either. What? Preach. Preach. <laughs> but so something about Preach. having faith, you have to have faith, right? And, and no one really had faith in Cecilia that she uh, was seeing these things that she was seeing because they couldn't see them for herself and... <sighs> So good, so wonderful. Mm -hmm. So she ends up uh, finding the bottle. He's messing with her. She's in the shower. The bottle is there with his bloody fingerprint on the label, and she knows that Adrian is alive. Um, so she has to arrange a meeting with Tom and James. She takes her black friend with her. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. She takes her police <laughs> officer friend with her, um, insisting that Adrian faked his death and used his optics expertise to become invisible in order to torment her. But of course, no one believes her because, I mean, honestly, if we're being honest, I wouldn't believe her either. Like, people can't become invisible. You would be right. like, oh, she's, she's just losing it. And it's another thing, too. Women being called crazy is such a trigger for all of us yep. women. Um, especially when we know we're not being crazy. It's just another code for like, stop being emotional. So this was just so good. And I can't believe a man wrote it. Just kidding. Right. <laughs> like, like he really, he's like, that's an ally too. Like he really, I feel like did his research and knew his stuff. He wasn't just writing from a place of like, oh, I'm going to do a Me Too movie. Like it seems like he really took care to listening and learning. So yay for allies. Um, Cecilia turns to her sister, but Emily refuses to acknowledge her after receiving an email from Cecilia's account stating that she never wants to see her again, which was so crazy. Like, it's so easy to hack into emails and all the horrible things Cecilia says. I'm just like, 
you couldn't pick up the phone and call your sister and be like, yo, what the F? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you just believed that she wrote this email. Like if right. my sister ever wrote me some scandalous shit like that, I would pick up the FaceTime and I would curse her ass out. And then I would hear, if she said she didn't do it, I'd be like, you didn't do it? Okay. Yeah, I found I found that I found that scene to be a little weird too. Like, um, I was just yeah, it just felt felt a little off. A little like, weak. Yeah, like, yeah. Everything weak. else like, is where, so strong. Where are the studio notes on this. Yeah, <laughs> someone could have came back and said, "Can we find a more I don't know higher stake way yeah, like raise yeah. the stakes here? An email and she doesn't want to see you again. That's that's what cut off the sister. Like, right. It just seems like out of stake place. Yeah, it, um, it felt it felt like very it just it was cheap that was the cheapest thing in the film right a, in yes, a film that, exactly. that was, that was low on cheap mo yeah a, a film that was very low on those type of moments um yeah that was the only thing that, that, that glad we both agree yeah Higher did, brother, did, did you get it did you didn't you get a feel from the brother though in that scene when, when, they, when she went to go talk to him i was like i don't like this guy i don't like him oh, at Tom? all Tom is yeah, sketchy like Tom. from the beginning yeah he's sketchy from the jump and i was just like oh he's so weird though yeah. Like your brother is dead, and and uh, I, I guess he he was horrible to you too, and yeah, just the it, way like, he trust handled me, Cecilia, it. He manipulated me just as much as he manipulated you. Yeah, I'm just like, man, like, something. Off. I mean, I didn't see it really coming, but um, just Tom was just off. We knew something was off about Tom. Yeah, yeah. Um, brothers and sisters, how fun! <laughs> Emily and Tom should have got together. That would have been fun. Emily was like a lawyer, though, right? Like. Girl, you're surrounded by cops and lawyers, and what do you do? Like, what is Cecilia's job? What's she? Oh, oh she signs. That's right. She had the portfolio. Yeah. I love, I love uh, movies. Everyone's got such such high end jobs. I I want to see a movie where someone's just a waiter, or you know, someone just works at Amazon. Like, how y'all happen to know? Like, your sister's a lawyer. His brother's a lawyer. He's an optic designer. Your best friend is a a detective. Like, they all have big houses. Like, yeah, let me just crazy. get someone who's just. A waitress regular just regular just trying to do her job <laughs> and she's getting stressed out um where did i go eh, sorry i lost my place okay later she is comforted by sydney oh this this scene was really good um yeah. but sydney is hit by an unseen force leading her and james to assume cecilia did it that was so good because i did not see that coming that one really got me. So, so yeah, Sydney it came out of nowhere, right? Came yeah. out of nowhere. Sydney goes and asks Cecilia if she wants to have a girls' night, you know, to get her mind off of it. And next thing you know, bop, Sydney is just punched in the face. <laughs> and of course, she there's no one else in the room, so she's gonna be looking at Cecilia like I know. <laughs> they were like on the opposite sides of the room, though. That was the only thing. She was like, "You just hit me." I was like, uh. "They were, but like you can't see." Like, could you imagine, like? Adrian standing there invisible, like I want to fuck this little bitch up. Yeah, I'm <laughs> like, hit a kid. I was like, hit a kid. Hit the kid. Right, like Adrian, what? <laughs> like, got you go. You just crazy. So Sydney, but Sydney, look, Sydney could have thrown them hands. Cecilia, if you hit me, which I know it wasn't her, but they call her C. Um, if I suspected that it was, you hit me, I'm throwing these hands. <laughs> like Sydney right. kind of just crawled in the corner and cried. I was like, bitch, you don't. Fuck this hoe up. <laughs> like, get your licks yeah. in, Sydney. No one's the gonna Otis, Otis came in there like, yo, what happened? He said, what? You hit my daughter? And y'all didn't throw her out? That was my thing. Y'all left your house. That is your house. Because <laughs> she hit your daughter. No. <laughs> I no. got to get my daughter somewhere safe. Like, Someone your house now. is not the safest place? <laughs> but you're, it's your house. Kick her out. That, she, kick her out. 
care where she goes. She she has five million dollars. She will figure it out. Right, right. <laughs> like, so Lee Winnell, black people don't do that. That's that's the only part I feel like maybe you messed up. Now look, I don't know if he wrote this character in particular to be black or it, he wrote it just to write it and then a black actor happened to get it. There's a very big difference. We talked about this in Scream 2. So originally in um, Scream 2, um, Elise Neal's character wasn't meant to be black. It changes everything, you guys, yeah. when you actually yeah. write a character that is meant to be black versus you just have a character and you just stick a black actor in it. Um, but for a little tip between, for, from us to you, Mr. Winnell, um, Black people, if someone messes with our family in our house, we're kicking your ass out. We're not leaving you behind. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. That's You're not, not getting happening. away with that. No. So, but I get it, you know, because plot. <laughs> plot, yeah, right. Plot. Plot oh, trumps everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, because uh, what happens <laughs> next is so cool. So it's, well, yeah. yeah, what happens next is so cool. So we'll, we'll again, we'll, we'll forgive you. Um, while a furious James rushes his daughter out the house, Cecilia tries a number of tactics to catch the figure. After finding Adrian's old phone in the attic and covering the finger and covering the figure with paint, she ends up in a violent struggle before escaping. Okay, so there she's in the attic. She she I don't how does she call the phone? Like what was her inclination about that phone? Um maybe she I think she called him to be like where are you? No, 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 no. She didn't. No, 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 no. I think, um, did she call the phone or did it just start ringing? Did she call it? I feel like she was calling it to, to like, suss him out. I don't know. But the fact that, you know, Adrian... Oh, I think, oh, that's right. Remember, she was asking him, like, why? Like, you could have any girl in the world. Why are you messing with me? Right. Why me? And she felt like he was right there in front of her. So I think that's why she called, maybe to see if the phone would ring. Just, right, his, to see the phone, his right. body. Like if he was right standing there in front of her, but it rung in the attic. Oh, Adrian, I know you're like an optics engineer, so maybe you're not like a criminal, but like code 101 when you're trying to stalk a woman is like, put your phone on silent. <laughs> I don't know. That just seems like common sense though. Yeah. <laughs> like you wanted to get caught at this he point. No, he did. Cause he put, uh, he put surprise in the night. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So she goes, oh. up, yeah, she goes up in the attic and when it, I was like, oh my God, like he's in the attic with her. But he was on the. On the yeah, she, she throws the paint and literally, bam, he's right there. And I was like, what? Let's talk about this super suit for a second. So the way it is, I, I wanted to, I had to think about it after I left the theater. So it's just a bunch of cameras, cameras. Yeah. that reflect back to you, nothing, like the, the, your surroundings, like I guess the wall and whatever. Cause he's not invisible. It's just a, it's a, it's an optic thing. So yeah. it's like a reflection. I was the, like, yeah, hey. the suit, the suit bend, it like bends light or something. Right. So, so then you can't see like you could, but what I thought was weird is you could see through it. You can like, see through you, it. Right. I was like, no. Yeah, I was like, if it's like yeah. optics, I you think they took some. Say yeah, something. I think they took some creative liberties in creating this thing, but plot. Yeah, plot. Yeah. <laughs> I'll believe it. I'll believe it. It's suspension of belief, you guys. Yeah, that's what happened. I was like, we'll okay. A bunch of cameras turn you invisible. Cool. <laughs> cool. I think that's much better than, remember? Um, Hollow Man? Yeah, Hollow Man. Hollow Man? <laughs> that is actually like really, really dope movie, though. They're in yeah. Hollow Man. Um, they like inject this dude with 
some formula that makes him invisible. They're, they're yeah, building sure. it for the military or something. Yeah. And then he can't turn, he can't go back. Um, yeah. I actually buy the, the camera thing more than the serum thing. <laughs> so, but I love Hollow Man, which is, he, that's yeah, a good shout out, shout out to Kevin Bacon. Yeah, Kevin Bacon's scary. Um, and at least in Hollow Man, like, I mean, he was naked, basically wanting, running around naked. At least in the Invisible Man, he actually got to wear a suit. Like, because Kevin Bacon, you just have to, if you think about it, like, Kevin Bacon's just chilling in this, like, bunker, just naked. Right. Because if you wore any clothes, you would see him. Um, you see him, yeah. <laughs> sitting, eating just dinner. Running just running around, ass out all the time. Oh, so funny. Um, but that painting scene was so cool. It was the first time we actually got to see our, our monster, our villain, and, and it, uh, it, it's done very, very well. Yeah. So um, in his lab, she, oh, wait, I'm sorry. There is a struggle. And she struggles. She ends up in a violent struggle, and she escapes to Adrian's home. So she jumps in, like, an Uber or a Lyft. Yeah, yeah. That was like, just. She, like, has the crazy. time to, like, call it. Call it, and it got there? And I got there, and like she's running, and and the thing is, that's really crazy. She's running, but she's like, I can't see him. I don't know if he's in this lift. I don't know if he's behind I me. I don't know. The, that was great. Because I thought he's in the lift too. They, I thought he's in the lift. They kind of set it up to he to make you feel like he was in there. And I was like, this nigga sitting right there. You Just being quiet, like <laughs> yeah, training like, yourself, like don't move, don't move, don't move. She's right yeah. there. Like I would have got in the lift, like just touching everything. What the hell? Okay. Right, right. She okay, didn't do any of that. Sure. Just right. making sure. Um, so she got in the lift and, and the lift driver's kind of like, okay, crazy. Like, let's go. Um, and four hours you know, away? No problem. Yeah, I'm about to make money. <laughs> yeah. They drove all night. <laughs> drove all night. I, I, that's the drive I would reject as a lift driver. Like, yeah, nah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and they waited. So like, it could take me an hour. It could take right. me 20 minutes. I'll this be right is not back. a cab. It's not a taxi cab. Like you better request this ride again. Like go ahead yeah. and, and hit end ride and then request it again. If I'm the yeah. closest in the area, I'll pick you up. But I'm not waiting. White privilege. Yeah, yeah that was crazy. <laughs> um, but she she makes it to Adrian's home, um, and in his lab she finds the suit, another suit that confirms her suspicion that you know he's blah blah blah. But then here's the thing. Um, she goes to hide in the closet and the invisible, the invisible figure attacks again. So I'm trying to figure out like, I, Adrian just like got in his car and knew she was going to his house or was he really in the cab? Great question. I, I actually think after she escaped, he just, maybe he's tired. He's like, oh, I've been all night. I gotta go home. Stalking. <laughs> <laughs> Stalking all night. I need to. Needs some rest. <laughs> he just goes uh, I gotta, home. Might as well head home. <laughs> yeah, and he, I guess you know he hears the dog barking, um, so he's like, "Oh, she's she's here," or he sees the car outside because you know I mean? he did get paint all over his suit. Yeah, so maybe he, he had to go get the other one. Yeah, yeah. So he just goes to get the, <laughs> and, and I was he's like, there. "He's here." Yeah, and so Cecilia flees and contacts Emily. Um, and the dog, you know what? Let's talk about the dog for a second because it's not fair. I don't remember what his name is, but she says in the beginning of the movie, like, I can't take you with me. And then he bumps into the car and the alarm goes off. And I was like, well, see, that's why he can't take you with you because dog, right. you don't know how to stay quiet. You're not covert, number one. <laughs> but also, like, she gets back and he's there still. And I'm like, so Adrian's taking care of this dog. It's just really weird to me that he would abuse a woman, but, like, be a good dog taker. <laughs> take good care of the dog. <laughs> yeah it's like taking really good like the dog looks healthy it looks fit it looks like it, it gets plenty of toys and treats but um yeah i'm just you know, like you, you know they care about dogs when they care about lives oh, right <laughs> shout out to mr christian cooper but which is interesting it's like if and i'm also like someone 
committed suicide in the house and the owner he's not there anymore and these this is weeks okay this is weeks, weeks. gone by yeah. and the house yeah. is just sitting there empty like no one's locked it up say okay let's put it back on the market and the, the dog doesn't go the back dog. to the shelter or anything the dog's just it does like that's a little um plot that hole been, for me yeah that would have been that should have been the sign right there like dogs the, here okay right the dog is here not even for Celia, for everyone else like okay so who's taking care of this dog why is his home still like functioning like right. he's dead. I don't know. That's a little. It's a little. The electric. They if you the, think they about it too the hard, right? They didn't <laughs> cut the power off. They, they didn't put a uh, uh, lock the door or anything. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, um, so Cecilia calls her sister to say, you know, I got proof. I know that what Adrian's done. Like, can you meet me at this restaurant? She wants to meet in a public place, so she thinks he won't act the so damn she fool. Thinks, oh my god! This is such so a great thinks. scene. This is a great scene because no one saw it coming. Yeah. Um, I'm always amazed uh, by when they do, so in the movie industry, you guys, if you don't know, they always do test screenings. They always, and if you are in LA, it's always the people like, hey, you wanna see a movie with the little pink papers? Like, hey, you wanna see a movie? And that's because they're trying to get audiences to see movies before they release them to give them feedback. Like every, <laughs> believe it or not, even the bad movies, every movie goes through a test screening so they can get feedback to see what they can fix or what you know what they should remove or or whatever um even the bad ones and this is this is a good one so they had some really good high scores so they knew they were probably ready to release but um what i love about that well screeners they make them really really tough for you like you you cannot say anything you cannot bring a cell phone in and people are really the people who go to screeners pretty much are solenophiles or they really enjoy movies and they honor that so the fact that people went to these screeners, these testers, and didn't say anything and leak the uh, this scene is pretty crazy to me. Right, um, leak a, it leaked a lot about it. You know what I mean? Like a lot yeah. of the twists, because I had no clue going in. Like a lot of my, like no one, yeah. Nothing, yeah, very tight no one said anything. Tight-lipped, tight -lipped. Yeah. really, really cool, you guys. I love when people can get down like that and just let people enjoy the art. So she's in the restaurants, restaurant scene, tons of people are there and she's crazy looking. She looks insane. Like her rate, her face is red. Like she looks like she's been through some stuff. And um, I am always the one at the restaurants like looking at other tables. Like what y'all talking about? What y'all doing? What y'all going on? What y'all eating? And so I definitely could have been the one, I would have peeped out and been like, this white girl over here look crazy. Like she yeah, looks what's she on? fine, which is perfect, right. It's perfect because, but again, it has to make you wonder like how he knew she was at that restaurant. Like she, he has to have a tracker on her or something. I think, he, I think he, I think he followed her right from, from the, from the Uber. The Uber. Yeah. He is quick. He, he got an invisible fast. car. Yeah. Invisible car. Right. Like, <laughs> like where is it? you're on the highway, you look over and it's just car driving itself. You're like, mm, what? <laughs> what? Um, but Adrian's quick, man. He's quick. He's at the restaurant. Cecilia's just admitted the truth to her sister and all you see is the next cut is her sister looking at her and this like knife is just floating in the air and you're like oh hell no and then he slits emily's throat and she literally bleeds out on the table and obviously and then he hands her the knife oh, which yeah, is wonderful knife, yeah it goes into her hand because so she's so looking. shocked she's like oh my god <laughs> she just holds it she's just like fuck She's just like, fuck, everyone's looking like, oh, yeah, she slit her throat and <laughs> the rest of Could you imagine you're enjoying a, a nice night at the Cheesecake Factory? You just ordered your miso salmon and, and, and then you, this woman just kills her sister. It's just like, 
that salmon, first of all, is like 30 bucks. So I'm going to keep eating, but I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe get it to go at that yeah, point. Get it to go box. That's just crazy. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> that's a really, it's a really, really great scene that, that catapults us into, I want to say, I think that's the height of the second act. You look at us getting all technical. I want to say that's, we're nearly into the third act. Yeah, we're not quite there. We're literally at the height of the, the second act. So we're coming yeah, yeah, down. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're coming I think down. That's, that's definitely, actually, honestly, I want to say. You think third act? No, I want to say that's actually the end of the, I'll say that's the end of the, that's like the, the end of the first act. No, I think the end of the first act was definitely. Because structurally this film, structurally this film, I don't think structurally it follows like a traditional um has like several moments that could be you know because then the film kind of switches there and she goes it does switch so this could be the beginning of the third act because now it's a now it goes from the invisible man to like um cecilia in a winter ward and trying to get out of that yeah Yeah. so maybe it's right yeah right i don't know i don't know it's like yeah we got that second i don't know yeah, that's that's us being technical nerds yeah. talking about acts, you guys. It we gotta sit matter. down and break it down for real. Yeah, we gotta sit down and break it down. Paper, gotta have to open it. Yeah. Where's the turning point? Where's the increasing <laughs> stakes? Um, that's just. Where's the night before dawn? <laughs> exactly. That is just freaking theater nerds that we are. Um, so now Cecilia is reprimanded to a mental hospital where she awaits trial, and the staff informs Cecilia that she is pregnant. So. She was taking placebos. Adrian really wanted to have a baby, and she knew, obviously, I can't bring a baby into this relationship. So she was taking placebo birth control. Um, but Adrian's so smart, he figured it out and, like, gave her real birth control. And I was like, oh, my gosh. That is a dedicated abuser. Yeah. Like, that, that takes a smart man. <laughs> like, again, optics engineer? <laughs> like, what? Um, so Tom visits her and offers to get her charges dropped if she agrees to return to him and raise the child, implying that he helped his brother stage his suicide while revealing Adrian tampered with her birth control to ensure she became pregnant. The ultimate manipulation, like, that's rape, you guys. That's so technically rape at this yeah. point if you're messing with okay. people's birth control, just so you know. Um, Cecilia refuses to take the deal and steals a pen from his briefcase. That night, she used the pen to pretend to commit suicide to draw the invisible figure out. Uh, I love how they just keep calling him the invisible figure. Like, it's Adrian. <laughs> like, we, like, is it? Or is it? Oh, oh, that's why. Duh. When the figure <laughs> tries to help her, she stabs him repeatedly, causing the suit to malfunction. The security team arrives with the invisible figure violently incapitates them for before fleeing the hospital again is this the bionic man or is this the invisible man hey can this fool so kicking kick their butt like why why are you this strong sir yeah. um like so they he uh, they, uh he flees the hospital and cecilia is in, in pursuit and it's raining so like the, the suit is like twitching it's glitching a little bit you know because it's obviously not made for rain which seems like an undersight from Adrian, like you should probably make like a full service suit for all weather, like winter, <laughs> summer, spring. If you're, I mean, like, uh, stocking is a 24 hour job, you don't get yeah. seasons off, yeah. you're not a teacher, you gotta, yeah, <laughs> like, you gotta be ready. Plot 
Um, <laughs> promising not to harm her because of her pregnancy, the figure instead threatened to attack the one she loves. Um, so Cecilia goes back to James' house. And this is my problem. Cecilia goes back to James' house. She's going to save them, I guess. Um, I, I, she is going to save him. I was going to say, like, why are you bringing that noise back to this house? But she's, she's going to save them. So I'm sorry, Cecilia. I'm, I'm being too harsh on you. Yeah. Um, she finds the invisible figure already attacking him and Sydney. Poor Sydney. This is what I had a problem with. Oh, what was it? So my guy, my guy, my guy, all this. Yeah, James. All this gets his ass whooped. He does. All them reps in the gym. All the reps in the gym. That, that entire wingspan. And just beat the hell out of this boy. I was like, All that police training. Boy. You're a detective. Yeah. I was like, hold up. I, I wanted to see like some sort of grapple, you know what I mean? Or maybe like some, some action sequences. Boy just got took out. As soon as he walked to in. To be fair, he couldn't see <laughs> like, who he was fighting. Yeah, true. <laughs> so but still, I was like, That's what you damn. do. You throw the paint again. You're like, I gotta see. Right, or the, right, the right. extinguisher. That's the one thing I thought she was going to do with the fire extinguish extinguisher. In the beginning of the movie, like, the eggs and bacon catches on fire because Adrian's an oh, asshole yeah. and he burns yeah. their breakfast. Like, that's so cruel. Don't hurt my food. <laughs> Come for me. We'll leave the bacon out of this. <laughs> right. But I thought the, the reason why that they had that scene happen was to show us where the, the fire extinguisher was so that she could get it again and, like, like reveal him like they did in Hollow Man. They right. didn't do that though. That didn't pay off for me. So I was, yeah. I was like, well, not to the end, not till, not till about five minutes. Yeah, five minutes. Not till the end, and not even at the house. Um, but he gets his ass kicked, and, and I know Cecilia is looking at him like, I came here for protection. Huh. <laughs> right. You weak. You can't even take an invisible man. And again, Sydney, I love you, Sydney, but you, you're not my girl because you watched your daddy just get. Puncture. Come on, Sydney. Where's the fight? Where's the fight? Um, she's triggered, though. She is triggered. So she manages manages to shoot the figure after spraying him. Oh, the fire extinguisher. There it is. Yeah, yeah. And when she unmasks him, she finds Tom in the suit. The brother, the lawyer. Police find a captive Adrian at his house tied up in the basement and claiming Tom held him prisoner. Cecilia quickly disputes this, insisting the brothers must have shared the suit with Adrian sending Tom to the house knowing what would happen um poor tom he must poor be the younger tom. brother yeah yeah it's so easy to manipulate i have, are you an uh, older sibling or are you youngest i'm middle child oh as an older child it's so easy to manipulate the younger ones into yeah. doing what you want yeah i so got two easy. younger brothers so <laughs> i do too yeah they're so trusting <laughs> <laughs> so poor tom he's got younger child syndrome because like you like who encourages you to stalk your ex like your brother's ex that's that's love that's brotherly love like your brother's an asshole he convinces you to stalk his ex-girlfriend his pregnant ex-girlfriend that he drugged technically and raped and and then says oh yeah you go to the house and you go ahead and die like yeah. beat everyone up go take care of that for me like that's that's a lot of love for like, a brother. like that's gotta it's i feel like there was something else i'm like did she Maybe she dated both of them? <laughs> like, because he was so... So gung-ho about it. I think Tom had a little crush on her. Yeah, little like this one, like when he got her in the thing and then with the, um, you know, with the security guards at the mental ward, like... Yeah, Tom must ahead. have had a little crush on her, for sure. Yeah. You know what? This is going to sound incredibly rude, but I'm going to say it. The, the point you brought up about 
when Cecilia calls Adrian, like, why me? You could have had the prettiest girl in the world. Um, I really wanted Maggie Gyllenhaal to say that during the dark night. I'm sorry. <laughs> do, you, do you remember the dark night where Joker walks in? He goes, hello, beautiful. You are beautiful. And I'm just like, ah. <laughs> I love Maggie Gyllenhaal, but it's just very, it's interesting. It's interesting. <laughs> Oh, just kidding <laughs> that was rude i apologize that was a little bit low-key everyone was thinking it i just yeah, said it out loud yeah, you just said what we were thinking hello beautiful <laughs> that's how i know you're crazy that's probably, no, that's probably why he went after harvey did instead not himself right exactly um so cecilia is not convinced she knows adrian's the master manipulator and she makes a well we don't know it yet but she goes to adrian to try to get him to confess and she meets mm. him at his house to discuss the pregnancy which i want to stop here real quick too because if we're talking about stakes like in in, tele, in movie writing guys or in the industry and, and army knows this because he's a director but if you're trying to get in the movie industry your story is nothing without stakes meaning and not stakes like prime rib i'm talking s-t-a-k-e-s <laughs> which is like, you have to raise the elevation of the plot and, and give us some like, um, I mean, stakes, but also give us like some tension, give us some drama. Right, right, right. The I why. hate the, the why, yeah. like the keep it going. I hate when people use pregnancy as a way of elevating stakes. I think it's so cheap and so lazy. Cause of course it's just like women get pregnant for some of us can get pregnant. Um, but it just seems like it's the laziest thing to me. Like I already care about Cecilia without child and just adding a child, tacking it on there. Oh, she's pregnant. It's supposed to make us like care more, but I'm just like, I think it's fine that she was just abused. I don't think we have to add like a pregnancy. Cause what is she going to do now? Get rid of the baby or have this man's baby. That's right. her only two choices. Right. Get rid of this child or have this abuser baby. Like, I don't like it. It's just like, so men, men writers, especially like if you're trying to make your female character go through some stuff, try really hard to think something outside of a rape, but also pregnancy. Like they're just so overdone and tropey. Like every teen drama, there's always a scene or a season or an episode or one of the girls, 90210 or whatever, they get pregnant or a pregnancy scare. It's just so overdone and boring. That's just my rant. <laughs> That's just my as a female no, writer. I feel it. I feel it. Um, so she she goes to the house and she is wearing a wire and James is listening while he's in the car. You know, he's set up the wire. Um, she admit she agrees to mend their relationship. And this is what brilliant on Oliver Jackson's um on Oliver Jackson's side. I actually was really sympathetic to Adrian. I know that he is crazy, wow. but the way Oliver like delivered his lines and I was like, oh my God, girl, he's just trying to, he wants to try again. And that's <laughs> how abusers work. That's how abusers work. They reel you in with the apologies yeah. and, and, he, and he's yeah. cute. So it's like, oh, he's so fine, girl. Maybe you just, maybe y'all can work it out. Like, um, So I love that performance because it's just like, nope, don't forget all, all those things that happen. He is a monster, but... That's just, that's how abusers yeah, work. And that's yeah. why women stay in relationships because it's just like the cycle of he forgives, you forgive him, he does it again, you forgive him, he does it again. So brilliant, brilliant writing on, yeah, and acting on that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he confesses only to being the invisible figure. 
Adrian says, Tom did the kidnapping and, and claiming uh, that the experience changed his outlook on life and how he treated her in the relationship. Again, manipulated, mani that's toxic, mm. that's abuse, that's is that's that an alternate? Is that an alternate? Is that an alternate ending? No, that's that's what happened. Is it at the dinner table when they're having like steak and shit? Uh, wow, I I might have seen the alternate. I might have seen the dirtiest cut. I feel like what did I you see? I feel like he doesn't confess. That remember? Cause she he doesn't like, confess. He he does say that um, Tom did all the stuff and that wait. Be only if he confesses. Oh, I'm sorry, I read that wrong. She agrees to mend the relationship only yeah, yeah, if he yeah, confesses. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, doesn't yeah. confess. He just right. puts it all on Tom. He puts it all yeah. on Tom. Yeah. He yeah. even in even <laughs> in the last like seconds he's of his natural life, he's yeah, still manipulative. He's still a liar. He's still very toxic. Like he's never gonna tell her the truth. Um, when she begins to cry, Adrian alludes to former abuse using similar phrasing to that of the invisible figure, smiling. Mm -hmm. Cecilia departs to use the restroom. What does that mean? When she begins to cry, Adrian alludes. He said uh, there was there was a so there was the the callback to um, I think the word surprise. He, oh yeah. What was the first time he he used it? I think. In the text message. Yes. No, in the attic. Right. I think in the attic. attic. When she, yeah, when she found the phone and the the knife, it was he said surprise. Um, then I think there was another time where he said it again, and then the end, he was like, um, you know, I would hate for it had to be a surprise or something like that. Right, right. I would hate okay. to surprise you. So that basically let her know without him confessing that. Girl, yeah. that is circumstantial evidence that is not going to land in a, a, a court of law. <laughs> but I mean, do what you got to do. Yeah, but I like, I like, I like how they called back that moment. Uh, yeah. those times it made it pay off. And she gives that creepy smile that she gives in Handmaid's Tale, which is like, I'm going to F you up, but also, yeah. like, I just smelled hot cheese. I don't know. It's an interesting <laughs> smile. Um, Cecilia departs to use the restroom. Moments later, the room security camera captures Adrian seemingly committing suicide. Um, I believe like, he stabs himself in, in the throat or the same way his, his, her sister dies or something like that. I can't remember. Yes, she yeah. puts on the suit and she slices his neck with his own <laughs> hands. Ah, that's called the recall. Cecilia returns and apparently is distraught and calls the police. Out of the camera sight, however, she slightly taunts Adrian, having retrieved the spare suit she had hid earlier to kill him. Oh, that's right. She put the suit in the closet before she got attacked. Dang, right. girl. So how did, did you plan this out from like <laughs> 50 minutes ago? That's great. <laughs> That's great. So when James arrives, he asks, what happened? She confirms what the camera saw. She spots the suit in her bag. He spots the suit in her bag, but accepts her story and allows to her to leave. Because we don't snitch. We don't snitch. <laughs> the right. detective or not, he said, I'm not snitching. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, relieved that she's finally free from Adrian, Cecilia leaves the house with the suit. Mistake, Cecilia. That's your house now. Yes. <laughs> Why are you leaving? <laughs> Move Sydney and the hot cop into the mansion and live happy. <laughs> live happy. That's a that's a happy ending. Right there. That's my happy ending. You yeah. got your five million dollars, your beautiful house, your beautiful black man, and and the surrogate child. Um, and I love that she took the the uh, the suit yeah. with her. 
I don't know if there's ever going to be a sequel to this. What, so what this film deprived or derived from you guys is universal. Huh? Let me go into this. I really want to get into this for a second. Universal is, has a division within their company called dark universe. And it was all the universe. Universal is responsible for every movie monster from the early, like, 30s and 20s that you can mm-hmm. imagine including the invisible man um the mummy the original mummy not brendan fraser mummy you guys were talking about back in the yeah, 30s nope. swamp mm-hmm. thing you know um, all that stuff they're dracula, responsible Frank, dracula exactly frankenstein yeah. they were the first to take those stories and, and put them on screen so uh, 2016 they came up with the dark universe and it was kind of a way to do like with um so if you know new line Sim- cinema which is a production company they're under wb i believe they were doing they they've done all the um the conjuring series and insidious and all that stuff um so universal kind of wants to get into mix so they realized the horror community which is they're right is it's huge and we we love our movies and they wanted to get bring back all their movie monsters so they had that horrible remake of the mummy starring tom cruise tom that cruise. thing is awful Boo. so bad um but so then they took a break for a long time. It was like four years after the mummy bombed because they spent so much money on it. I feel like they went back and reevaluated like what they were trying to do. And they approached Blumhouse and they said, would you like to help us grow this division? And obviously a smart, because they were really, they're really pioneering horror um, genre again. So as far as they are, they said, yeah. So this movie, The Invisible Man, is the reboot of the dark universe for Universal Monsters. So with that said, is they might make this into a franchise, because that was the whole goal, right? Uh, They would like to do a franchise. So in November 2019, it was announced that a spinoff film centered around the female counterpart to Invisible Man was in Mm. development. And Elizabeth Bank was set to star star in, direct, and produce the new adaptation of The Invisible Woman, which is based, it came out originally in 1940, and it was based off of a script um, that's been floating around for a long time. So Banks was allowed to choose a project by Universal Pictures from the roster of the Universal Monsters, and she wanted to do The Invisible Woman. So not Elizabeth Moss, you guys, not the actress in this film. I'm talking about Elizabeth Banks. She's also an actress, but she just recently did the Charlie's Angels reboot. She's transitioning more from uh, acting to directing. She also did Pitch Perfect and stuff like that. Um, She is yet to, I believe, do a horror, so I'm, I'm going to be really interested in it. But I'm, I'm curious to know if Elizabeth Moss is the invisible woman. Like, she has the technology now. But, like, why would you come from an abusive relationship and then go on and abuse people? <laughs> that seems counterproductive to me. Yeah. But um, Or maybe, yeah, I don't know how they would. I don't know. I'm interested. I, I mean, I'm, I'm here for Elizabeth Banks. I'm here for a franchise. I'm here for Universal finally getting the uh, dark universe off the ground because my God, the mummy it, uh, just was so, left such a bad taste in my mouth that. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's uh, dope if they're going to like, you know, have them all kind of like. Intersect. That was the point. They're supposed yeah. to all like float in together. So in the mummy, if you watch it, you guys, they had Jekyll and Hyde. They had some other like, characters that they were going to do spinoffs with that they were all intersect but it didn't work out um because they just tried to do so much like tom cruise you guys yeah bad choice action movie it's not a horror movie all of a sudden it's an action movie um 
Either way, so that wraps up the synopsis for The Invisible Man. Army, what are your final thoughts about this film? Like any, any last tips or any um, fun things that we missed that you wanted to touch on? Um, I just, I think it's excellent, excellent, excellent film. Um, if you haven't seen it, I hope you have, because we just spoiled the entire thing yeah. for you. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, give it a rewatch and, and take a look for some of those Easter eggs and some of those clues, uh, you know, that especially if you're a creator and just look at the, the layer ways that he, you know, set the story up and, you know, how he kind of shifted the structure a little bit um, while still without bending it too much, you know, um, and it's just an overall, it's just an overall great film. Um, it's a really so, great film. Yeah. Um, for me, I really enjoy this reimagining because that's what it is. It's not a remake. It, it, they took their own storyline, they reimagined the title character, and they put it into 2020. And that's what a proper uh, remake should be. It's not remaking Absolutely. the same thing and just putting new people in it. Um, I, I just want to say to Blumhouse, like, I love what you're doing. If you're going to take over the, the dark universe, I just want you to also include more black people. Like, and not just in singular roles. Like we didn't say a lot about Aldous and the storm in this because they don't give us a lot in this film besides being the stock best friend. Like yeah. that is such a trope. Yeah. And, and Aldous Hodge is such a good actor. I'm like, he deserves more and, and storm too. So I feel like if they're going to take over this dark universe, just like, diversified a little bit which transitions me to it's not in the dark universe but um over the the past week i saw that scream five is officially a go by the writers and directors of um ready or not which i totally agree with but my as huge of a fan you guys know i'm a huge fan of the scream franchise we have a whole episode about screen two that is my favorite episode it's our most popular episode too um because it has the most black people in it that we can actually talk about that franchise has literally no representation Mm. outside of Scream 2 and Scream 3 and that's one character in Scream 3 and I'm like Woodboro, Woodboro is not that like first of all it's not that Woodboro it's not a real town but like we're in 2020 now you guys like the Scream franchise I, I really need you to diversify but that's ironic because the MTV version or the VH1 version of Scream was all black people <laughs> and I was like is this the only and it was terrible but I was like is this the only time we're ever going to be reflected in the Scream franchise like no I want the movies to do better I want all the movies in Hollywood to do better yeah we're at a time right now where you know we we have to take better responsibility of our narrative as black people and you know black gatekeepers studio execs studio heads you got to understand that you know you're complicit in the way the public views black people because mm -hmm. of the images that we put out um the roles that you are offering um people see that and then they're they're reinforced in their head whatever stereotypes they have whatever else they see they consume people consume so much media so yeah. we have to kind of you know Studios have to do better. You have to listen to the people who, who, who are telling you, hey, black people don't act like this. Not all black, we're not monoliths. Not all black people live here. Not all black people talk like this. And, yeah. and, and give people more spaces to be writers, to be creators, to be showrunners, uh, to be the leads, not just the best friends um, of all shapes and sizes. That's, that's for the Asians, that's for Latin, that's for LGBT. For sure. Yeah, that's for everything. So, you know, uh, the more, the more, the better, you know, so. The more the better and realistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and more realistic, absolutely. And um, uh, not to, to harp on this point too, but I, I'm going to say it as well, if I can remember it, like what was my point? 
I just, it just escaped my mind. Um, yeah, but oh, this was it. I would love, love to. Candyman is, is coming out. It was supposed to come out by now. And I'm so sad. Anita DaCosta's Candyman, you guys. Like, if we ever get the movie theaters open, they keep saying October, which, by the way, October sounds like it's going to be lit because all the movies look like they're all coming the out movies. in October. I'm it's my birthday month. Right. Get the pass. Get the pass. It's three pass. movies a week. It's great. Um, but while we wait for Candyman, I, we have yet in horror history to have a Black female monster. And we as Black women have so much. I mean, Ma, they really tried it with Ma, but like, we don't count Ma. <laughs> and Ma yeah. wasn't written for a Black woman. I'm talking about the way the Candyman origin is about how he was a slave and his hand got cut off. I want that for a Black woman. Uh, not to say that we're trying to make people afraid of Black women, but I'm just like the horror community knows better than that, first of all. They know they're not right. gonna, like, Candyman is a monster. It's not like, oh, all Black people are Candyman. No, they know that. The horror community is very, very smart. But um, I just want Black women to either be the Sydney, the Sydney Prescott of the Scream franchise or to be the Candyman. Like, we have so, and, and we can't depend on um, Jordan Peele to do it for us. I feel like since Jordan Peele's entered the picture, they've, they're just like, oh, take this Black project, take this Black project, he'll yeah. do it. Don't worry about that. No, nah. he can't carry all of us on his shoulders. You guys yeah. have to take some responsibility and we love Jordan Peele, but man is booked and busy. So, so I'm just hoping for um, a Black woman. And, and you know, I don't know if you know ARMY, but if you guys listen to our Scream 2 episode, you should know, Elise Neal was supposed to be the first Black female serial killer in history. But the script leaked and they changed mm. it. So then she became the stock best friend. Oh. And that was so disappointing because that would have been the first and that would have been amazing. But it, it, it spoiled the, the script. And imagine yeah. that was in 1990. Yeah, seven yeah. to eight. So a script leaking then, it's not like there was Twitter. I'm like, how right. did the script leak? <laughs> like, it, I think why? there was internet, but there was on forums and stuff. What's crazy is. We're talking about 1998. We're in 2020, and we, what she was going to be the first? Have we had that first yet? No, I mean Ma. They really tried it with Ma, but it's not the same. No, because no, Ma same. technically only killed one person in that movie. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, so, and go listen to our Ma episode, and we'll break that down for you why it's not the same. No, it's 2020, and we've yet to have uh, our version of Freddy or our version of Jason, except yeah. for Candyman, which is coming back. Nia DaCosta. Can't wait. In October. And please, yeah. please say her name. Nia DaCosta, you guys. Yeah. If you don't know, she is the director and co-writer. Jordan is a co-writer and a producer. But in the feature film world, the director is, that's their project. Okay, you guys? Like, TV is a little different. It's usually, like, the network or the showrunner or the writers. That's their project. Movies, it's the director. They get the last look. They get the last pass. That is their project. So saying Jordan Peele's Candyman is disrespecting Nia DaCosta, just so you know. Yeah, yeah. Army, this flew by so fast, and like we're wrapping up, and I can't believe it. How was your experience on Afro Horror podcast? I loved it. I loved it. It was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> like, um, I can't wait to I can't wait to come back. <laughs> yeah, we have you know we have a whole season to go through. Um, tell the people one more time about Circuit and its socials. Absolutely. So you can find us at um, Circuit Short Film on Instagram and Facebook and uh, Circuit Film on Twitter. Um, so please check us out. You can find me at army underscore strong. That's A-R-M-I-E. 
um, check me out. And like I said, we're going to be releasing online very shortly here. Um, and, you know, stay up to date for all the news and updates. And you guys know you can find Afro Horror Podcast on Instagram and Twitter under the same name. You can find me personally on Twitter at I am Sharday Sellers and on Instagram at Sharday Sellers. Fair warning, as uh, this is dropping on Monday, I have been tweeting nonstop about Black Lives Matters for all weekend. So if that's not content you want to see, then don't follow me because I have time and I will respond. <laughs> <laughs> and, but if you're coming to look for <laughs> right, yeah, I, have, I got some time now. I'm in quarantine. <laughs> I, I got plenty of time. But um, if you're looking to educate yourself and how to be a better ally, please come to the page, ask questions. Please. I don't mind uh, um, guiding you to some literature, some James Baldwin, some Ava DuVernay to get your, your piece together. Um, but if you only call me the troll, no one's a bigger troll than me, guys. I'm going to win. Like, I will hurt your feelings. I hate having to go to that place, but I will, like, look at your profile picture and make fun of your dog. Don't do it to yourself. Don't do it. Don't do okay? it. Um, Afro Horror Podcast is is uh, recorded in Burbank, California. Uh, we're not we're not uh, sponsored by anyone, so that's why you guys don't hear any ads. And I'm going to try to keep it that way. We want to shout out Chris Courtney Martin. She's my typical co-host, but she has been um, pitching, as you know, charcuterie her film all over the place in LA virtually because we're being safe. And she couldn't make it with us today. So shout out to Chris Courtney. I hope she comes back soon because I miss her. Um, if you guys like what you heard, please leave uh, five stars. If you don't like what you heard, leave five stars. And then just tell me why you didn't like what you heard. But just always leave five stars. Pass this on to your friends. Um, if you want a guest on the show, all you have to do is email me at info at afrohor. I think it's just afrohor.com. Yeah, it's just info at afrohorror.com. Um, I'll give you the list of episodes we have coming up. And you don't have to be black to guest on the show, but you have to be, you have to know better, okay? Because we're only going to talk about movies with black, black aspects in it. Um, later on the season, we're going to be talking about um, Eve's Bayou. Mm. So excited. Um, there were some other ones I can't remember because I don't have the list in front of me, but I know Eve's Bayou is coming up and I'm super excited about that. People Under the Stairs. That got a request, so we're going to be talking about that. Um, we're also going to do some some more contemporary films for my younger audience, so you guys uh, can look into that. Us, maybe. Maybe we'll do Us. I don't know. Or Get Out. We haven't done Get Out yet. Maybe we'll do Get mm. Out. Um, so keep listening. And I, and I want you guys to stay safe, stay healthy. Um, COVID is real. Black Lives Matter. So, so yeah, that's it. And we'll give it Three seconds, Army, and you and I will hang out. But outside of that, thank you guys for listening and, and, and have a great week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Afro Horror. Please subscribe and leave a comment if you'd like what you heard. We want to send a special shout out to Jaren Hempel for our amazing logo design. Thanks, Jaren. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at, at Afro Horror or on our website, www.afrohorror.com. No copyright infringement was intended while recording this podcast.